What's up, filmmakers, producers, and hunters? This is your host, Tom Petrie, and you are listening to the Film the Hunt podcast brought to you by Bedford Camera and Video. Film the Hunt is your leader in outdoor video education and is designed by both myself and Nick Ventura of Become One. I think we've designed this curriculum so that we can provide the training to help you develop an eye. I think one of the best things about cinematography is like when people break rules and it works. It's tough to film a hunt. Yeah. You really have to want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, to, and to turn that into a story is a very tough thing. One of the best decisions I've ever made because it changed, sure. changed my life. Jason Madsinger, welcome to the Film the Hunt podcast. I appreciate it. I've been waiting for this invite. I'm surprised I'm guest like 87 on the list. Where can you buy that, you think? Uh, Bedford Camera and Video. <laughs> <laughs> I've talked about it enough on the podcast. I think people have figured that out. Have you ever dreamed of working in the outdoor industry and unsure of what that next step should be? Film the Hunt, the industry's leader in production education and the most trusted source for job placement. All right, guys, Nick Ventura back again. I am now hosting another podcast at the Great American Outdoor Show. This one's a little different. Um, I've got two people that I'm happy to call newer friends. I got Kevin from Latitude and Jake. Um, you guys call yourself co-founders, co-owners. What's the terminology yeah. there? Both, yeah. I guess. Two-thirds of the co-founders for Latitude Outdoors out yeah. of Michigan. Yep. Okay. And um, you want to explain to the... For those people that don't know what Latitude is, um, you want to kind of give an explanation. I feel like you guys, it's funny, I feel like you guys are like the the hot new actor on the street where everyone's just doing podcasts with you guys, with the new products you guys got out and all that good stuff. I don't know if I've ever been called hot, so I appreciate <laughs> well, that. I meant uh, like popular, like the yeah. hot new thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kevin's got this dialed. So, oh, yeah. Geez. Yeah. yeah, so okay. Um, so Latitude Outdoors, we're a two-and-a-half-year-old company. We're still a very new, young company. Uh, we're a mobile hunting uh, equipment company, most well-known for our saddle hunting gear. Yep. Um, we're probably most well-known for our two-panel style saddles. We've really kind of created or solidified that category in the space. And uh, over the last year or so, we've started to round out the other tools in our system, uh, platforms, climbing sticks, other accessories, and we got a lot more coming. And then uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit. We just released uh, some new climbing sticks. Oh, yeah. Won, People uh, know about that. Yeah. Yeah. We were extremely fortunate that they won best in show at ATA. In, yeah, dude. In that January. is that is badass. Because yeah. that's like a. Completely surprised us. Especially in the yeah. world of archery. Like, to me, that's, you know, like, usually that stuff goes to an archery product. You know, it's archery related, but it's not like a, you know. Sure. Mm -hmm. An accessory for a bow. So, it was yeah. surprising, like I said. I mean, we talked to some people afterwards, and, and you know, they were congratulating us. They're like, man, that's really cool. This is only your second time here ever, and you won that. Yeah. That's huge. So, we're, we're very blessed to be in that position. Do you guys go out and like buy new cars, or everything after the show, like celebrate? No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, we're pretty risk averse people, I think. So, uh, yeah, no, Which but it makes it's exciting. the product development process kind of you know scary sometimes. Yeah, yeah. 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 So for people that don't know us, uh, so Jake and Kevin here, this is Kevin talking. Um, Alex Chop is our, mm -hmm. our third partner and co-founder for the company. Uh, Jake and I really work more on the product development side, product mm -hmm. delivery side uh, of the company. And, and Alex is very much involved in product development. Um, 
but he uh, he really oversees the branding, marketing, sales, customer messaging, and education. Side yeah, of the company. branding, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I think I met with I met with Alex and Corey at the um, at the ATA show. Didn't meet you guys, but yep. um, we're correct. here now, which just makes perfect sense. And uh, yeah, this was the first year I got to do some saddle hunting, and I'll be honest when that when the whole craze first started, I just you know I didn't knack it. I just kind of. You know, I've always, mm-hmm. with the filming stuff, it's different. We didn't see the valley right away, right? Because two guys in a tree, we're not, we're mobile, but we're not mobile hunters, if that makes sense. Like, we have to be mobile for what we do, right? But we, it's a lot of gear for us to get. Mm-hmm. So we're not hiking three miles back. If we are, it's, that's for a damn good reason. It's not sure. just for a, you know, try something new. So, but I think it was Ben, who's actually behind me, and Joey, who works for you guys, started to film out of the saddles as the camera guy set. And that's when it started mm-hmm. to open our eyes a little bit to like the flexibility, the mobility, because we teach our video schools. Obviously this podcast is called Film the Hunt. So we teach the schools and um, we've really rethought everything this past year as far as how we're gonna kind of introduce people because people always ask every year and every year it gets more and more popular. Like, what about saddles? We've always been like, oh, you know, we don't know. We don't use them. We don't know a lot about them. But I mean, if you ask me now, like to me, filming if you're not filming out of a saddle or not considering it then you're you're in the dust because the benefits outweigh you know everything else um and i i think and i told alex this i I wonder if someday there's not going to be you know you talk about a niche market the mobile hunting already is niche market but like do you ever make something for the camera guy you know i don't know it very well could be on the roadmap Um, yeah we've not done a lot of either self-filming or being filmed in the past we, we actually yeah, just the last two years really yeah we yeah. started self-filming a couple of years ago just dabbling with it um, certainly not experts um, and as our team grew this last year we decided to film our hunts this last fall so we actually have a web series coming out at the end of the summer that, okay. <laughs> that Corey's working on with Derek and team and what are you Alex. gonna call that so people will do you have a name yet it's gonna be called the grit or that's grit? kind of the is it grit or grit, the grit. The grit. I don't, we're not really They're sure. They're fine-tuning it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was the grind when you said that. I was like, oh, maybe no, they've the changed it. I mean, <laughs> grit is just a word that encompasses that's kind of the, the mobile name, hunter. The name you guys. Well. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. kind of the name we've been calling it up until this point until like another one kind of just sticks. Right yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing's official until it's Names are really large. Oh, dude. It, it is. <laughs> if you want to come up with like a web series or name now, it's like good luck yeah. finding a name that no one's used. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I know it, it's going to be some form of that because it just encompasses like what we have to do to be successful out there on, you know, traveling to other states, hunting public oh, land, DIY, coming in basically blind to an area mm-hmm. and uh, just going hard for a week to try to get it done. It's it's incredibly difficult and takes some luck for sure, but you can create some of your own luck just by working hard at it. Forcing so. the luck. Forcing the <laughs> luck a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there's so much luck involved, but I always tell people, like, time is is your best friend. Like, the only reason I get opportunities is because I hunt more than anybody else. You oh, know, totally maybe agree. not you guys. I mean, like, as far as to the general public, you know, I hunt more than the guy that has the nine to five job. So people always say, how do these guys kill deer to get these opportunities? Just because we just don't stop hunting. You know, you, you don't take the breaks grit you know like you talk about that's a, that's a good name i do like that yeah i um, think it's gonna grow on people i'm excited yeah, about it yeah we had a, yeah we had a really fun fall and and i'm sure we'll talk about joey but he did an awesome job so it's it's very clear that he came out very polished from your school you guys do an awesome yeah job. we appreciate that and i was it's good to see people like that find a home because um 
you know, there's so many kids that want it that never get the opportunity because they don't network and meet the right people or they have the they have the skill set behind the camera but not the skill set for like a trade show floor or mm-hmm. you know, emailing, you know, calling people and sticking in people's minds and, and he's one of those people that has it all. So he'll always he'll always have a job in the industry as long as he wants because he's hungry for it. Until he loses that then you know, he'll do something else probably, but we're happy to have him on on the team. We really like and enjoy spending time with him above all else. So yeah, yeah. he's a good kid. One thing I got a lot of, I got a list of things I want to talk about. But one thing up in I'm doing seminars this week on archery shot and execution, mm-hmm. and I've been using a shot that the Latitude guys filmed um, to end my seminar. And the seminar's over now, so I can kind of spill the beans. And I'll probably use it next year too if they let me. But it was Alex hunting, and he shoots a deer right behind the shoulder 12 12 x whatever you want to call it um and i end the i end the seminar talking about like waiting to track a deer and you know we do the seminar we talk about like oh do you think this deer was found do you think it you know how far do you think it went all these things and if anybody gets them all correct i give them a hat or i give them something um and i know that when i get to the latitude one that people are going to get it wrong (laughs) so this buck gets hit right behind the shoulder and this is already out correct it was featured on michigan out of doors um a statewide show uh there was a short um clip of it on there so it was covered to some extent but we will have an episode on that this summer well am i okay to spill the beans on it yeah go for it okay yeah so and feel free to you know correct me because obviously i wasn't there but he shoots this deer behind the shoulder makes a perfect shot goes back to camp um everyone looks at the footage everyone's like yeah dude high five here we go let's go find your deer you know he's dead and you guys go out there in the dark and you possibly may have jumping but you're not positive it was still daylight he shot it in the morning oh yeah. i've been saying long, that story a, wrong the whole time <laughs> yeah no it's all it good. was a long track and we, I, we I ended we, in the dark yeah it was ended in the dark and then they came back early the next morning as well so how far did you guys have a track or like a an app that showed the we distance? We tracked it for I think we were 3.2 miles. Yeah, I've been before. saying three miles. I didn't want to yeah. say it, and then you guys be like, "Oh well, no, it was like 300 yards." I but. mean, that's zigzagging around, right? So, but it's still step for yeah. step. How far we? Yep. Yeah, it's not straight line, but it's it's the actual. Blood Dude, trail. that is. So three miles, and that's when we tried to get a, a dog involved. Yeah. at that point after that. But to clarify, we waited two and a half hours after what looked yeah, like it was, a money oh shot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's where I talk about the seminar. I, I say you can study the arrow, you can look at the shot, and you may think that everything lines up, but there's outliers out there that's going to make you rethink everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what well, are your guys' theories on that? Like, well, what, what do you think happened? I mean, it's really hard to say. I, I mean, the arrow could have hit a rib and deflected down or to the rear and only caught one lung. There's a lot of things. Yeah, of strange, that's possible. A lot of strange things happen with oh, yeah. deer hunting, especially yeah. bow hunting for deer. And they're very, very tough animals. And, you know, when you think you have everything figured out, they're always going to surprise you, right? So I I kind of think, I don't, I don't know. I think we bumped that deer possibly twice over that okay. three-mile stretch. And... This was the first year any of us has ever hunted with a camera guy Mm -hmm. to where we have such great, you know, footage to replay the shots. Yeah, you can be like, yeah, I know I hit him here. And, you know, usually, and we all thought this is is a great tool. You know, this is going to make everything, every decision 
here on after the shot easier. And yeah. I think we had some lessons to learn this year because that instance, as well as my deer in Wisconsin, which went a little bit differently, mm-hmm. we, I think, relied too much on watching the film of the shot and not just sticking with it. Say you had no camera out there at all, like what would you do? Yeah. I think it, there's got to be kind of a hybrid of, you know, woodsmanship and looking at an arrow, looking at a yeah, blood trail, true. and yeah. looking at that footage and putting all those pieces together before you make decisions. Because I think had we not had the footage of that deer in Michigan that Alex shot, we would have backed out much sooner and mm-hmm. possibly recovered that deer yeah. eight hours later. Just keep thinking it's got to be right up here. You know, you, yeah. you keep telling yourself that, and it's yeah. just not. What did the arrow look like? The arrow was perfect. covered perfect. <laughs> covered, it yeah. looked perfect. Just bright blood. I mean, we had, based off the blood trail, it, it, it looked like he got one lung in liver. Yeah. And if you look at the where the arrow entered, it would suggest that it did get redirected downward. Because when he found I, his arrow, it was sticking straight yeah. up in the ground. And you can see that in the footage, like how the arrow just yeah, kind of tilts back it's over. It's a clean pass through, but when it hits the ground, like it's like the the arrow was already nose diving, and it rolls forward and sticks straight up. Mm-hmm. So it probably just entered a lot lower than we thought. But on the blood trail, we had multiple times big pools of lung blood, yeah. or at least it was bright red blood. I mean, you don't know 100%, right? I mean, yeah. It, I, like he said, unless he's got a rib, like a you know part of the rib cage, I can't imagine he yeah. didn't. But then between that, we'd have small little drops of dark liverish type blood. Was it ever spraying, like out of his mouth? Um, I don't know if it was Not ever really that no. Perf- like high enough, where it was like off no. the blood trail, like. No, 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 we never really had. But it, I will say, I mean, I've gone on many of these tracks that you know you Jake's are come up empty. These are go-to track, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> This was, yeah. It it every time you felt like this is not good, we got to turn around. There was more blood. Oh so, yeah. And it, it was. I mean, there was probably so three times went. where it was very difficult to find blood, and, and it's like, you know, we got to back out, and then there's the next blood. Yeah, so, I mean, it just was, keeps it you going. Really you get tough. more and more. Bedford Camera provides everything you need, regardless of your budget or skill level. Whether you're into shooting photos or filming your hunting and fishing adventures, you can speak directly to their outdoor division, so you can feel confident they understand your needs. The outdoor team at Bedford's isn't there to move product off the shelf fast. They are there because they care, and to help you get into the gear that's right for you. With seven store locations and a huge inventory of product, they have what you want, when you want it. Bedford Camera and Video. Yeah, we, was, we we all agreed as a group it was probably one lung and liver while we were on the track. Yeah. So in that scenario, we're like, well, if we are pushing it, if we yeah, are, let's push, push it, it until let's it bleeds keep out. It. Yeah. But it's almost like if he did hit that one lung, he didn't. He just barely clipped it or something. I it's yeah. I don't know. It's just um, it's one of those things where I think you know when when it comes out, people have to see it because it is like I can't stress enough like how amazed i was and i'm sure you guys are still the same way it's easy to look back and say maybe it was this but man yeah everyone in that room when i did the seminar was like dead deer i show a lot of good shots they're like oh maybe because i haven't really thinking when they see that they're like oh yeah dead deer yeah well i think it ended up being one of the most watched episodes of michigan out of doors last year because of that the randomness of of i mean we had two other deer that were taken well three other deer taken to camp two that were on the show 
but the deer that wasn't recovered because it's just so mind-boggling with the shot location is the one that got all the attention yeah and there was just comment after comment you know got to change your broadheads what happened oh, no way yeah. shouldn't have you, yeah. know, you, you get all the comments but they're just um all that it'll always be a mystery great many times before so yeah I, do the equipment stuff and you'll you'll yeah. have you'll have guys go to bass pro and buy the cheapest broadhead they can get with the lightest arrows and go out and shoot something right in the neck and find it and you know yeah. those are the guys telling you how what, what to do you know yeah. and i always tell people always too like in the summer we talk about rage broadheads and how they're like oh Nobody has more wounded deer than Rage Broadheads. I'm like, yeah, that's because not as many people shoot Rage. Or everyone shoots Rage more than anything else. You take 100 right. people, and right. majority of them are Rage. They'll have the most wounded deer. Right. Regardless, it doesn't mean they're bad broads. It just means more people shoot them. Well, he had the same exact setup in Nebraska to start the fall, and, and he uh, he killed a, a monster on public. So I'm really excited. I'm not going to spill the beads on this one because <laughs> okay. this is going to be a sweet first episode. But yeah. um, and it was exact. It was pretty much the same location that he hit him, and it was a 50-yard shot, and the one in Michigan that we didn't get was like a 25-yard shot. Oh, dude, I mean, so, I think of I think a, a field point should have killed in that location. You would think. You know? Yeah, there's, think. I don't know if there's a broad you could pick out there, but we could talk about this shot because it is, like I said, when this comes out, hope you guys all watch it. It is truly mind-boggling, yeah. <laughs> you know, but yep. um, I want to get into the sticks because I was... Um, you know, it's not very often at the ATA show I walk around and I'm just, I got to show people things. And I was showing people, all my buddies, Western guys, camera guys, I'm like, you guys got to check this out, you know, because, you know, everything's going lighter and smaller and that's the way it's going. And I, you know, I think we're almost at that plateau where I'm like, I don't know if we can get any better than this. Um, and I think these sticks with the aiders, um, I want you to explain what the aiders are for people that don't know how high you can get. Um, and, you know, if you ever get to see Latitude at a show or at a store and pick these things up, it's truly a game changer. You know, we could tell you how much it weighs. We could tell you how nice they are. But until you get your hands on one, it's like, wow. Um, They're very, very different. Oh, yeah. Which is kind of how we approach a lot of things. We like to kind of push the envelope and try to innovate because there's a lot of categories in the hunting space that have been the same for a long time. Yeah. Climbing six being one of them. Granted, there's been a lot of really nice products that have come out in recent years well i like to you know and i and i could be way off on this but i think you guys this is the approach i take to editing and production that i don't have to be first but i I want to be better you know and i think you guys aren't trying to reinvent the wheel you can take something that you see out there in a space and say we can do better than that and i think that's a more successful product than being the first to the market yeah better and different yeah yeah better and different you know for sure well and I think different for a good reason. I yeah, guess. I think it's, you know, there's climbing sticks been around for a long time, but they're different because they're that much better, you know. So it's like those two kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. But yeah, sure. talk about. Um, I'm sure you guys all had a hand in, you know, making it and the ideas. But talk about what it's made of. The aiders is a new concept to a lot of people as well as myself. So I want you to talk about that as well, if you don't mind. So sure. real quick, just an aider is essentially, uh, what we will have is a rope style aider there's also other webbing style okay i didn't know that they come in you know single or double or even three to five steps we've seen but it's essentially like a loop sort of stirrup for your foot that hangs below the climbing stick you put your foot in that put your toe to the tree Mm -hmm. you then climb up onto your bottom step of your climbing stick so it essentially creates a multi or like 
you know, our stick is a two-step stick, it'll essentially add a third step and therefore increase your the height you're able to climb with those sticks. Is the multi, the th- three and four eighters, does that get tricky? It can. Yeah. It de- I, I would definitely not just throw somebody... Yeah, one of those yeah. and say, "Hey, go knock yourself out with you know some sort of demonstration." Yeah. So yeah, we, we are offering a single step aider right now, which is keeping it pretty simple. Yeah. To start, but there are a lot of different aiders out there on the market already uh, that will also work on our stick. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's not just a, you know cookie cutter. This is what you got to use. Oh, it's wildly different. And then it's is it made of a carbon material, right? The whole thing, not the aider, obviously. Yeah, the stick. The stick is a uh, carbon fiber composite material. Okay. Uh, so it looks a little bit different than your typical, you know, laid uh, carbon fiber fabric that is mm-hmm. yeah. secured together with some type of epoxy or resin. Yeah. Um, you know, we're using polymers to hold those carbon fibers in place. You know, all carbon fiber essentially are composite materials. Yeah. So this is just a different type. So, so it's a it's a it's an Single piece construction stick, carbon yeah. fiber composite. So um, it is 18 inches overall profile size, 17 inches step to step. There's no metal all in the entire design. So yeah. the stick obviously has no metal, no bolts, no moving parts, nothing to wear out or rust. Yeah. Uh, the attachment method is brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, so we use eighth inch diameter uh, a Dyneema rope, most commonly referred to as Amsteel. It's got a 2,500-pound breaking strength. Yeah, Dyneema, again, is Amsteel uses Dyneema. Dyneema is also a brand. The, the actual material is ultra-high molecular weight polyethylene rope. And there are lots of different sources for this rope out there. You guys are getting real nerdy on me now. <laughs> yeah, I feel like yes, dummy yes, now. Sorry. It's extremely lightweight, <laughs> floats on water. Okay, okay. Very, okay. very strong. Yeah. So the so point is, it's a metal-free attachment system, right? Yeah. And There's nothing that can rust, nothing that can It goes break. around the tree, and it lashes on the front of the stick. We've got some wings on the side of the stick where you, in the location where you would typically see a Versa button. We actually have wings on the side of the post. So okay. it accomplishes a couple of things. You get the metal-free, quick, silent, and fast attachment method. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, these sticks stack flush together. So yeah. There is zero space between them. So they pack up with an extremely small profile. So for the mobile guy, lightweight's a big deal, but being compact is just as big, if not bigger, in a lot of situations because mm-hmm. okay. you don't want to be hooking on brush, which yeah. causes noise. Um, so that's a really big deal. Um, the fact that it's metal-free, it's warm to the touch in the cold. There's no sharp edges anywhere on this stick. Um, you know, some of the other lightweight metal type climbing stick products, they're, they're machined in, the, in that, you know, they're sharp edges. So they're just not nice to handle in the cold, so to speak. These are, these are, I mean, they're beautiful to handle in zero degree temperatures, I can tell you that. Well, I think too, like we've all, you know, back in the day, maybe not recently for you guys, but you have your sticks all nice and snug together. You get, you know, you get out of your truck and pull them out and all of a sudden they're not attached anymore. And you, you know, they're just noisy and they're, they're tight, but they're just clinking around. Um, I mean, I've handled these a little bit. I haven't I've yet to use them, obviously, because they haven't been out yet. But I got to I gotta ask you, when you guys, because, you know, you guys seem pretty chill right now, but when you guys, like, had these sticks and you guys, the first time you, like, got your first prototype, were you guys just, like, what was your thoughts? Were you guys, like, super jacked? Were you still, like, I don't know? or? Well, it was a three-year process, so we've okay. had over 100 prototypes. Um, Damn. 
it's it you know working with carbon fiber just generally speaking as a material it's used in certain applications to figure out how to use it in new applications it's a long slow expensive process to figure out so there's no aha moment you guys were like you know the light shined down and you guys there's were a like, lot of mini, there really. was a lot of mini mini wins. Aha moments along yeah. the way yeah, and setbacks we kinda, as well yeah yeah um you know so that's probably why we're pretty even keel about it because we were there for the whole journey and um we're just i i think we're just excited to be able to share them finally with people because yeah. keeping it under wraps for three years is you know not the funnest thing in the world to do when you are excited about something but yeah um yeah we're just excited to be able to get feedback on it from people that's what we really like to do so. i just I, I i guess i just pictured like three of you and like Alex's garage or somewhere just being like opening this package up and or like finishing and be like oh my god we got the next yeah. best thing and well when we got to the final rendition I mean we were start it, it's a slow build up right and we felt like we got to it was more of a we finally like, did it not like a yeah it was more it was a more of a we finally did it okay. um, but still sort of um, I guess cautiously optimistic about it because it is so different yeah. I mean, they look different, and yeah. there's nothing that looks like them. And so you just, when it's something that's never been done before, you just never know how people are going to respond. Yeah, consumer behavior looks different. Yeah. Is it, it is different. Is it going to work? We've had a very positive response yeah. overall, and, and, you know, we feel extremely blessed by everyone that's come by and check them out or messaged us, um, you know. And at the end of the day, our our customers, you know, since we've started the company, are the ones that funded the project. So thank you that's to awesome. them for yeah. allowing us to work on this and, and you know, create some new innovations in the space. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'm super excited to try them this fall. And the price point too is like, you know, I'm surprised that it's as low as it is. Yeah. It's, I don't know if that's a good thing to say or not. I'm trying to well, be careful with my words, but it's, mean, it's affordable. If you were to put up on the board, all the things we were trying to achieve with this, this stick, making them more, ex making a high performance, lightweight carbon fiber climbing stick accessible to more people from a, yeah. a budget standpoint, uh, was up on the board, mm -hmm. and so they're two thirty nine for a three pack, eighty four ninety nine for a single. So basically, it's eighty bucks a stick, yeah. um, which is um, you know stick prices have climbed and climbed and climbed, and they're upwards of one hundred forty bucks a stick for something that's comparable from a weight standpoint. So um, you know we're just trying to bring this to more people, and we really enjoy mobile hunting. So we want to make it more enjoyable for more people, and yeah, and we think this is going to help with that. Well, I think too, you know, I think. A lot of people think is mobile hunting, and I think you guys are going against the grain a little bit because I think there's this this thought that mobile hunting is public land only, um, got to go back far, you know, and that that is part of it. And that is there's the group there, but there's also the guys that you know go to Kansas, have a lease, and they get ten days to figure it out, or they go to a property they can only hunt for five yeah. days, you know. And there's a lot of people out there. We that, gotta call that drop in. Drop it. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, or even we have our own spots in Ohio that we obviously have stands that we've had for a while. But there's always these new spots that we have to go try during the rut. Or these these rut spots that we need to go. And I think, you know, there's. I don't think there's many guys that don't have a need for these. You know, maybe your old timers that are really comfortable with the ladder stands. But any anybody that's, you know into the hang on situation and that kind of stepping on both sides of the tree stand, but also the mobile setups. I think this is really something that they can benefit from. 
Yeah, we get that question a lot. I mean, we're, we're known for our saddles. The sticks do work really well with tree stands. I mean, yeah. we didn't really talk about that, but we, we thought about that throughout the design process, and that packability is a big deal on a tree stand because they're not sticking way out off the oh, back yeah. of the stand when you're walking around hooking on stuff and really creating a, you know, they things feel heavier the further away from your body that they get. So that type profile makes them feel even lighter on a tree stand. But mm -hmm. um, we get asked all the time at trade shows by guys that have, you know, they're back 40, they got their presets. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, why should I add a saddle system or a mobile system in general, you know? And I just ask him, have you ever had a big old buck you've been trying to get and he just won't go past those 10 stands you've got out there? Everybody says yes. 99% of the time <laughs> they say yes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. there's always the one deer doing something different. And if you go in and set another stand, you're going to more often than not alert him to your presence. So it's a tool. It's not a replacement for everything, a mobile system. One thing too, a lot of people don't understand is the trees you can get in with a saddle versus, you know, your classic ladder stand or even a hang on, you know, mm -hmm. the ability to move around those limbs and do those things and basically face the opposite direction is huge you know as far as using that tree in a different way i think that's what we learned the most is that you know it kind of opens you up to a little bit different setups different styles um and from the filming standpoint i want to talk about this and see if you guys have used this the same way but what we found and i hate making this about us but what we found is when you have the camera guys what they would do is they would obviously um face the tree you know, and they would still have stands sometimes that we'd have set for camera guys on our big leases or, our, you know, our home ground. And then they would basically lean against the tree. And what that did was it allowed them to put the camera between them and the tree. Mm -hmm. So there's no longer a need to swing around the body to film, yep. which that's always the thing we talk about um, in our classes is right versus left. Do you want to come around the body or have that knuckle out, you know? Sure. And there's two trains of thoughts there. One is, you know you have more mobility. The other is you, you'll never see that camera arm because you have to come around your body. Now with this way, you can be anywhere really and that camera arm is out of the question because everything's now in front of you. Picture it like if you were back goes to the tree, that camera's just floating out in front of you. You don't have that right. issue. Is that kind of the way you guys have been filming with it or you guys have something totally different going on? Well, similar I would say. Yeah, so, so ideal, ideally, that's, that's I guess two guys in the tree, one filming. Uh, one hunting, it makes things a little bit difficult, more difficult, I think, for the hunter. Oh, for sure. Because, you know, usually, um, you know, the camera guy is, you know, four foot higher than you, so he's sort of blocking some of your shootability around the yeah, tree. Yeah. And when we're doing this drop in style hunting, crazy stuff happens when you set up in a new spot and you don't know how the deer are going to move through mm -hmm. there exactly. So it's the deer aren't always going to come exactly where you want them to. But if they do, having that camera guy behind the tree, I mean, you're basically putting a tree between the deer and the camera guy, and then the camera, therefore, as you were saying, is in front of the camera guy, yeah. which is where the camera guy would want the camera to yeah, be, Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> so that's how it would work in, a, in an ideal world. Yeah, in now, a perfect tree, which we never find out yeah, there. Sometimes, like I think one of the deer I shot this year, the deer ended up coming right behind the camera guy how okay. we were set up so and joey was things got a leaning little around behind him yeah <laughs> and i was leaning around the tree around joey shooting so yeah it was a little bit uh i guess different but yeah in an ideal world there are definitely some advantages there and i think the um i guess the mobility that the hunter would have in a saddle to shoot 
kind of 360 mm-hmm. also translates to using a camera. Oh, 100%. So it, it gives them a little bit more flexibility as well. You always have to, we, we, we've always said you have to give something up as filming your hunt as the hunter. You know, you, yeah. you got to be like, oh, I'm not going to shoot there. I can't shoot there. You know, that's where he is. Now it's almost like maybe you can shoot there, yeah. you know, and it's kind of like just that little bit of hope of that spot may not. Oh, I mean, may not be so bad. Honestly, in a saddle, you've got your weak side shot, which, you know, we tend to set up because that's the most difficult shot yeah. to take with a saddle. Yeah. And a weak side shot, if you're not familiar with a saddle, is if you're right-handed it's and you're facing the tree, it's to your right side. Yeah, same Vice as if you're in a harness pretty much, that same over to your right. Exactly. Yeah. And we would just set the camera guy up there because we're yeah. going to blow our wind that way anyways with the setup. And that's and what we suggest with the tree stands, you know, yeah. same thing. Yep. Yeah, so you just mirror the same thing with yeah. your system. Yeah, that worked well. I think it's just now those camera guys have that mobility. And and the cool thing is, like we talked about, for these guys, these freelancer guys, our listeners that are getting jobs with our TV shows, you, you're almost, you th- think of the saddle as no longer a mobile hunter um, piece of equipment, but think of it as a replacement for your harness. That's kind of what we're trying to sell to these students is you can have a stand you can have the platform if the stand's not there. The platform is now smaller than the stand, so it's much more mobile. But if the stand's already there, you can still use the saddle as it was intended. Maybe not as it was yeah. intended, oh, but you can sure. use it yep. in the same way as if there's a platform. Now your platform is just bigger. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. totally um, agree. And you could, without thinking about it, you could still sit down using the stand if you adjusted the saddle correctly, right? Yeah, you could. It would take some Yeah, you don't want to put too much slack in the system with yeah. a saddle. If you had a long sit, you could take a... You definitely could. Yeah. Um, but there's guys that do that. There's guys hunting with small tree stands with saddles as kind of a hybrid system, yeah. regardless of filming. But yeah. Um, yeah, that would work. Hey, guys. Nick and Tom with Become One and Film the Hunt. With each season, we continue to strive to make our production the best that it can be, which is one of the reasons why we choose Canon. From cameras to lenses, they are performing when and where we need them to. We can trust that the image quality will be second to none. And when it comes to making the purchase, we trust our friends at Bedford Camera and Video with their knowledge and their ability to get us what we need when we need it. I think, too, you know, I think there's just a lot of education out there, and I know that's part of what you guys have to do. I think they're more comfortable than people would imagine they are, Um, you know, because I think sitting can be very uncomfortable at times, you know, and especially does a lot of things to the muscles, you know, to the back um, posture and what that. And I think as an archery, as an archery-obsessed guy, the more I stand, the better off I am, and I want to shoot standing up almost every time if I can, you know. So I think being in that ready position is huge. You were just talking about that yesterday yeah. with someone, Jake, at the booth. Yeah, a couple times, actually. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to say that we hate tree stands in certain scenarios. Yeah, you don't want to burn them all down there. or anything. You're not like, yeah, a, you know. I mean, but I, so one sit this year, I hunted some uh, my family's neighbor's property. It's like a little ten acre piece, a little bit of swamp, mostly hardwoods. Not a lot of deer going on there, but we got this. I put the stand up. Tree stand. Um, you, you said a tree stand. Yep. Oh, were you guys like teasing them and stuff? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. My and my dad was using it, and then my sister's boyfriend was using it. So I hunted it once this year. And if you guys it, were here, you could see the the disgust on his face right now as he's telling the story. <laughs> it just, you know, it it's it's a little different after hunting in a saddle all year. You like 
you definitely feel more ready if a deer comes in and 100%. surprises you in the saddle than you do sitting in a tree stand. Yeah. If you're standing in the tree stand already, you know, you're you're pretty good. Yeah. But I've I've never really hunting tree stands in the past ever yeah. like to spend lots of time standing unless you know that, you know, last 15 minutes of daylight or something something's coming in then i'd be standing the whole time you can get lucky you know but i think so you stand up in a tree stand to stretch or you stand up because you're bored and you sit down because you're tired now you take out those factors then already you're going to move less in theory you don't have to stretch um if you're tired you just you hang there (laughs) you know there's really the benefits outweigh you know if there is a disadvantage to it you know and and i think people if pe- your serious archers are already figuring this out, but there's a lot of guys that, you know, will shoot sitting down because they don't feel they can move and they're not ready. And standing up can also feel, um, for a lot of guys, that can be uncomfortable because, you know, not leaning against something all the time. They're just standing there. They feel like, you know, their height's an issue and stuff like that, and they're attached at the back. But um, I actually, fun story, I actually... <laughs> And I never told any, I haven't told a lot of people, some people know, but for the first time in my life, I fell out of a tree stand this year. Oh, really? man. And it was, I was hooked Glad up. okay. Well, yeah, I, I was hooked up, of course, doing all, all the right things, but it was just a stupid mistake. And, you know, I fully think that had I not had a lifeline, I wouldn't have made the, you know, the step I did, per se. So I went to, when I went to get out of the stand, I grabbed the knot on the tree to swing around to get to the ladder without holding on so much this side and that knot gave so all my energy went off the stand and I just pretty much just not jump but you know there was nothing I could do yeah, so sure. I fell and you know it was like a ooh that was close you yeah, know it wasn't fun sure. but um, you know it's just one of those things where it's like there's a safety concern and uh, you know I've I don't know where I was even going with that where do we start off there Maybe I was just looking for a way to tell people I did that, but yeah, I don't know. I lost the train. I lost too because I was like, I, do I want to okay say the story or do I not? My wife doesn't listen anyway, so I'm probably yeah. good. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, safety just, wise, I kind of worry. We're just talking I about being ready, and hooked up, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, with a saddle, it's it's a little bit a bit different, and we talk about this with people all the time. With, with the lineman's bells, but yeah, when you're sitting in a yeah, when you're sitting in a tree stand with a harness on, you have some sort of slack in that system, so you have the flexibility to stand up and sit down, and you're not, you know, getting yanked in the back the whole time. You need to be able to shoot out yeah. of that as well. You know, in a saddle, so what, so what the safety harness in the tree stand is doing is it's, if you fall off your tree stand, it's, mm. you know, a backup to catch you when you fall, and you may fall two, three, maybe even more feet than that. That's where I think I was going. I think I was going in the direction of even wearing that harness doesn't mm-hmm. always feel safe because the pressure's not there. Yep. So when you're standing on the stand, it's not like you have that constant pressure of like, oh, I'm I'm here, fine. Mm-hmm. You could take a step off the front, off the sides, depending on how your harness is set up, and it does not feel like you're attached to the tree until, you know, you hit that point of contact. Yep, for sure. Yeah, with the saddle, you're, you're going to be on tension, most of the time, except when you're setting your tether and or removing it, really. Yeah, you know, yeah. The more comfortable you get with it, the more and more you're going to be on tension all the time. Yeah. So I think some people would just get into it, think they're going to be hanging on the tether a little bit, standing up on their platform a little bit, and 
they need all this foot room because of that. But, you know, the more comfortable you get, the more you're going to be on the edges of your platform, leaning against your tether, doing everything you're doing, getting yep. getting your snacks out of your bag, mm-hmm. you know, Joey setting up your those. equipment. <laughs> Joey had a lot of snacks this Joey, year. Joey's a snacker. <laughs> He's a snacker. Yeah, I mean, once my tether's <laughs> set, I, that's the first thing I set, and I'm hanging in the saddle, and then you're setting everything else up, your bow hook and, yep. you know, where your backpack is, everything else. You're on tension the whole time, so yeah. you really can't fall. Yeah. And if you do lose your footing or something, it's just a, you know, swing into the tree one or two feet maybe. Yeah, there's not that big drop yeah, that you no experience with the safety load. harness, you know. And also, too, I'm always worried, you know, I've had that harness for, gosh, so long. And, you know, obviously it worked. I'm still talking to you guys here. I'm not, right. you know, crooked or anything weird. But what, um, so we're getting towards the end. I see people wrapping up, and that always gets me super jacked up at the show. Um, but, They're long days. Yeah. What, uh, what do you guys have planned for this fall? Like, what are you super excited about? For this fall? We yes. got to get that. Yeah, out. we've been talking about that a lot the last few days. Actually. You guys have a hope, like, I'm hoping we can do... Well, we're putting the schedule together. We're planning on filming again. Of course. Um, what states we're going to be in, I, I'm sure we're going to revisit some ones we went to last year. And this last year we hit Nebraska, Wisconsin, Ohio, Indiana. Indiana. And then we did a northern Michigan camp mm-hmm. early October. Definitely, um, I think, doing something in Michigan. We'll be uh, doing that camp again in Michigan. I'm sure we will make our way to Wisconsin, Ohio, like we do pretty much every yeah. year. And then from there, probably a couple of bonus states, TBD on those. You guys have any yeah. Iowa points right now? No. Uh, no, we haven't been big points guys in the past. We've really not had the chance to travel a lot in the past. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll probably start banking a few of those here, and that will come with time. I think Iowa just because, and now it's taken four or five years, so I always tell people, even if you're not ready, <laughs> you yeah, know, oh, if, I totally if agree. you wait until you're ready, it's going to be too late. But Yeah, we got to get on that. Unless you're sure. doing gun, you could do every other year with gun. Yeah, but, that's, um, true. that's true. We're, all right, so nothing huge on the schedule yet that you guys are super jacked about. It's just not formulated yet. Yeah. We are, I mean, we're jacked about it. I got a big deer that I'm just praying is still alive in Michigan. Okay, So okay. There, there could potentially be a really cool story about that. Yep. Um, but outside of that, it's it's a little up in the air still. So. Well, you know, maybe we work something out and we get you guys on the uh, golf course we have in Ohio. Oh, super, super against what you guys <laughs> kind I'm of all, I'd stand it. for. But we're, we're all about having fun. I mean, we're oh not, yeah, that's you what have to about, do it this you know. way. We don't care how you do it. It's about going out there and having a great time. Well, there's a little bit of play on words when you guys are you know back you know back with hunters and all that, and you guys are driving your golf cart to yeah. kind of where you're going to saddle up. It's just kind of the opposite. <laughs> you guys golf as well or no? Yeah, a little I, bit here and there. Yeah, I mean, just for fun. Well, yeah. Not serious yeah. about yeah. it. We wouldn't no. consider not professionals. golfers. <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay, okay, We're okay. definitely not golfers, but we'll go participate. So Six we strokes love, is good for me, I would say. Average. Yeah. Okay. I'm happy with that. We have, um, <laughs> it's fun in, like, October. We will uh, we'll golf in the morning when the hunt's not good. Then we'll, you know, we'll go in the locker room and change into our camo go back out in the golf carts and drive to ours. Oh, that's hilarious. It's, it's really fun. That sounds like a heck of a good time. Halfway house, you can stop and get a, you know, a burger or a hot dog yeah. on the way to your stand or yeah. cart, cart girls. So. Yeah, the cart girls um, stopping by the tree stand. But anyway, guys, I'm super pumped to try some of the, mo- the newer stuff you guys have this year. Um, you know, from every hunter carrying around a super heavy hanging in the past, you know, thank you for keeping keeping <laughs> it real and fresh and creating things lighter and um, I know you won't spill the beans, but uh, I'm excited to see what you guys have coming in the future years with kind of the new carbon 
idea now that you guys have started to figure that out. Mm -hmm. um, There's definitely more stuff coming. I mean, a, a part of our product line, a theme I would say in our product line is yep. eliminating metal because metal makes noise. It's really not a material that should be in the deer woods Absolutely. outside of your weapon, ideally. Yeah. Um, but I just don't know if ever, anyone has ever really worked towards that goal. And, yeah. Um, that's Dabbled in it maybe, but. Yeah, it, it, and that's definitely one of our goals. So, so where can people... Um, website all that good stuff obviously they can search you but mm -hmm. one thing i do you know the latitude with one t l-a-t-i-t yep -E. one t on the front yeah. yep so <laughs> yeah no latitudeoutdoors.com we have all okay. the typical social media uh outlets um that were easy to find on there same name um and then we have a pretty extensive um awesome network of dealers that we're working with now cool. Cool. so um you can actually find right on our website um if, find out if your local shop carries our stuff. Sweet. Um, so you can go in there and check out the products as well. And you guys will hopefully see some Latitude products in Season 7. We dabbled with a little bit in Season 6, but uh, we're always trying to kill more things. Anything we can use to help us, we're going to do, no matter how goofy or yeah. whatever it is. Not calling your product goofy, but I'm just saying. Yeah, we're not no. against anything. So Yeah, we should definitely get out and hunt together. That'd be yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll figure something out. Since you guys have a pretty open schedule, I'm sure we could work something out, it sounds like. Like so. I said, there's a lot of TVD we could pencil you in. A lot in. of TVD. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, so, hey, guys, I appreciate the time. Yeah. Um, again, at the Great American Outdoor Show, when you listen to this, do not come to the Pennsylvania Farm Show Complex. We will not be here anymore. So... <laughs> enjoy uh, enjoy listening. Thanks again, and uh, look for some cool things coming this fall. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thank you, guys. If we give it our best and we just come ashore, will we still see the woods for the trees? If we ain't got the grass looking back on it all, on it all. That's the man that I'm trying to become Oh, what will they say when I'm gone? Oh, what will they say when I'm gone?